It's time! Streaming live from Cleveland, Ohio! Presenting the undefeated, undisputed heavyweight podcast of the world! The Big Play! What is up, everybody? Welcome on into the Reflog Show here on the Big Play Network. I'm Nick Padone, joined in studio by the one and only Mr. Chris McNeil, all the way up 71. What is up, Chris? How you doing, Nick? Beautiful morning here in Cleveland, Ohio. Fun to be in studio today. Kind of a special treat for me. I was in, I was actually in town all weekend here. Uh, saw my son play a high school game on Friday. Saturday was there at the Guardians, saw Manny Ramirez go into the Hall of Fame, and then yesterday had a nice afternoon with the Akron Rubber Ducks. The Rubber Ducks. What a busy weekend for the reflog. And it's it's kind of a busy time of year. Now you look at it, week zero for college football yeah. is officially here. High school football started up last week, and uh, we got Browns inching closer as the Guardian season kind of dwindles down for good this time so we're gonna get into a pack show it is just me and reflog we're going no guests it is just gonna be the no two net. of us and we are going for it what do you say boom that we kick things off with a little fill in the blank and just jump right into some cleveland sports stuff <laughs> All righty, fill in the blank time. We'll start off with this one. Boy, and it's a doozy. Number one, Cade York posting on Instagram during halftime is blank. Oh, embarrassing. <laughs> embarrassing. I, I know that he doesn't run his own handle. From what I understand, he has a social media guy. But whoever that social media guy is should know enough to know not to post on Instagram. When you've got a kicker who's been... Far from consistent, and that's putting it mildly, so far through this preseason, dating back to last year, really the best kick that he's had, and, and the only thing that he's done for us really in the last couple of years was the opener last year against Baker. And for his social media guy then to go on and post, that's embarrassing. Just give it some time, go through the whole game, make that final kick, and then we're having a different conversation today, Nick, than what we are right now. Yeah, I'm gonna say it's not that big of a deal because oh, I feel I feel like even if he would have if he made the that last kick, even having had posted at halftime, we wouldn't be talking about this. This would be a non-factor. I think the bigger issue here is that he missed both of those kicks back to back. And that was obviously pretty ugly. Obviously, the one is a penalty uh, on the Eagles, so you don't really know if that jumbled his ability to make the oh, kick or not. On. You're giving him too much there. And, the, no and then the the, uh, the next one was just pushed all the way in the wrong direction. That was 
See, I was thinking now, taking this another way, if we were on an alternate timeline in this case, and he makes that first kick, then there's a penalty. Do you have the stones as a coach, Kevin Stefanski, to take the penalty, make him kick it again because we know he's been so in, in you know no. inconsistent this year? I think they they try to practice it like a game, you know. Well, that's what I'm saying. That is a game situation. True, true. Put him that's back tough. out there, Nick. He made it once. You take the penalty, go up five yards, make him make it again. Now that's all revisionist history obviously that's alternate timeline type type of stuff but i was thinking about that one of the random thoughts where boy it would have been nice to get him that kind of exposure yeah. give him that kicking in that type of uh, you know pressure situation that we have question marks about and obviously we know what happened instead he missed it twice and it leaves a bad taste in our mouth over a game that really shouldn't have mattered that much we no. looked pretty good yeah. overall you know you All saw the reserves against their reserves like and we end up talking about our kicker freaking yeah. kicker again nick what do you what do you do with the Cade york situation chris obviously friend of show we've had him right. on here a bunch we know that the leg is for real we know that the leg is big he's perfect in practice we don't see these issues showing up he's Every day, you see six of six, eight of eight. And then in a game, it seems like it crumbles away. There's talk of, do you bring competition in? There's talk of, you know, like, what do, what do you do? You know, do you just replace the guy? Do you see what happens week one? I've been advocating for a couple of weeks now. you got to bring in another kicker. Make these practices where he's famously making everything from, like, 80 yards. Make those kicks harder. Make him tougher on him. Make him at least think that he's got some kind of competition there because I think when there's nothing on the line right now for Cade York, it's very easy for him. As soon as there's something on the line, then it becomes difficult. And if you have somebody in there pushing him in camp, then at least he's got to give that second thought on these. My fear in that argument, I, I see you on that, but my fear is they've waited too long because now it's like you only have one more week of practice, one more preseason game, and you got to make your decision. So now I almost think that they've made their bed and they got to lay in it and they got to see what this kid does in Kansas City next week in Arrowhead final preseason game um Mary so, Kay, Mary Kay another friend of show wrote in her column that like they are serious when Stefanski says that they trust them and they don't want to cut ties with the fourth round pick and they see the leg they they think that everything's fine so plan b then you go, you take a big old truck of money, you bring it down to Texas, you bring up Phil Dawson just to coach, just to coach him. I'm not talking about Phil Dawson kicking for us, although he can kick in practice against Cade York, and that would be kind of fun to see how that turns out. But coach Cade York along. Teach him all the finer points of kicking in our stadium, of kicking during a pressure situation in games. Give him that opportunity because I think he needs something. And I would love to see, like you said, Cade York is a friend to show. I think he's a good guy. I, I'd love to see him succeed here. He's got yeah. the big leg. And I think somebody like maybe a Phil Dawson, it sounds crazy. I know he's coaching down there in Texas. I think he might be able to help out a little bit, help a younger guy like Kate, and maybe show him some ropes that he hasn't picked up on yet. Because you got Bubba Ventrone, who he's never kicked before, right? No. He's not a kicker. He's a great special teams guy, but not as a kicker. So bring in somebody who knows what they're doing. The one team in the league that has a kicking coach, the Baltimore Ravens. Ugh. Their kicker is Justin Tucker. It almost seems like reliable. It, it's kind of shocking that no other team around the league has figured that out. Like, you know, 
I don't know, maybe bringing in a kicking coach could be good. I hope they figure this kicking thing out. It's it, like the whole storyline is kind of just tiring. Like I'm, I'm so sick of reading about it everywhere and then seeing it on Twitter. Like it's been this way since Phil Dawson. Like just find me my kicker. I don't really care if it's, I hope it's Cade because I love the kid, but if it's not, let's just find somebody that can make these kicks. Like how hard could it possibly be? Is it because we drafted him? Is that why he's sticking on the way he is? Because it seems like not bringing in competition right now, he's made us all uneasy. Even on the ones he makes, they don't look solid. No. I think that if he wasn't drafted, if he was a guy we brought in, I think he'd be gone right now. Yeah. I mean, he was uh, – yeah, I think so. Or, or if at least not gone, at least there would be somebody in there with him. Like, it is kind of crazy because it's not uncommon to not even have competition in camp. Like, call it a competition, call it whatever, but just to carry two kickers. And then usually yeah. you some teams will let one sit on the practice squad just because, like, especially during COVID, you know, a couple years back during COVID or even kicking is weird. What, what if Cade York stubs his toe getting off yeah. the plane – then what? You know, what if he catches COVID? Then what? Like, you just have Wishing no... COVID on him? No, I'm not wishing anything on him, but him making his kicks, but they just have no zero backup plan at all, which is kind of crazy. No, and that's very concerning. That's 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 my number one thing. Right now, as you look at tr preseason training camp, my number one concern is kicker because you know, we know we've got yeah. a team that is so talented, right? This is yeah. the most talented team we've had since we've been back. And so what do we keep saying in the NFL? You win in this league, especially in this division, at the margins. margins. What yep. is a kicker? What is a kicker? What is a field goal kicker? That's at the margins, my friend. We yep. are here. We are living in the margins. That's where we need Cade York. We need this guy to be right. And whatever that takes, we need to do it. Bring in somebody. Bring in Phil Dawson. Do something. Get this guy right. Because God knows, we don't want to be talking about this October, November, December, costing us games. And you and I, as we sit here right now, I'm 100% confident we will be. Yeah, exactly. And come week one, you know, come actual regular season games. I know yeah. the cool thing right now, the fun thing to do, everybody online is doing it, is people are ripping Cade. You know, Cade sucks. Yeah. Why is he posting on Instagram? Come week one, when he starts missing kicks, I'm not coming at you, Cade. I'm not come going at Cade York at all. At that point, Chris, and I know you know this as a father, you you can't blame the kids. <laughs> you got to blame the parents. I'm going after Andrew Barry. I'm yeah. going after Kevin Stefanski. What were you guys doing when we were in here in August preaching all preseason long? We got to figure this thing out. We got to figure this thing out. You can't just keep rolling status quo and expect things to magically fix themselves. So we'll see what happens. Obviously, the Browns play this weekend in Kansas City. It'll be another opportunity for Cade and only Cade to to make some kicks and then uh from there we're on to week one that's right that's right I, I guess you know my team is on the field my team is on the court as they said in Hoosiers and that's what the Browns are going with right now and that leaves me really uneasy yeah all righty well yesterday Nick Chubb and Grant Delpit got into a little bit of a shoving match seems like Nick Chubb is kind of taking a new approach this season. I've, I feel like I've seen him do more interviews. He's definitely been a little bit more vocal, showing a little bit more emotion. Nick Chubb being a more vocal leader is blank. Refreshing. This is a guy who's been the leader on the field, and it's nice when you got a guy who's a true leader on the field, respected not only within the organization but around the NFL. 
who can also do it in the locker room. And we've known that he's been able to do that in the locker room, kind of behind closed doors. He's always been kind of a quiet type with the media and with the fans and everybody else. Um, you know, we've joked about the fact that every time anything big happens on the team, he's the one who doesn't say anything, right? Yeah. There's that meme that I always send out there with just totally blank, and it's like Nick Chubb's comments on whatever the uh, the passing thing with the Browns is at the time. Uh, but now he's taken that into the locker room. I think that's good to see. I think that's good for the team. I think it's good for Nick Chubb. It shows his growth. I don't know what he yeah. wants to do beyond football, but it's part of his growth as a, as a person, as a football player, as a leader, and uh, it can only be good things for this Browns team. Yeah, I've tweeted this once before because it is so infrequent whenever he speaks, but when Nick Chubb speaks, people listen. And I, and I think he has that effect on not just the Browns, but the whole league. I mean, he was vocal in the Saquon Barkley holdout. You know, he was talking to the media that he was a member of that Zoom call that all the running backs had when they were discussing the future of paying that position. So I think this is kind of the evolution of Nick Chubb, a new Nick Chubb. And I think it just speaks volumes to Chris, how this offense is going to evolve. We hear that they're going to go five wide. They're going to throw the ball a lot more. I think Chubb is in for a big, big season. I know we boosted it on Tipico a couple weeks ago, him to lead the league in rushing. It's kind of crazy that he hasn't done it yet. It feels like if there was a year to do it, though, it's going to be this year. I know it was a few weeks ago, but you brought it up, that infamous call with all the running backs with Saquon Barkley. Yeah. I still wonder what those running backs are feeling after Saquon Barkley went and basically signed the deal that he had on the table with very little past that. Yeah. I almost want maybe that maybe that's what they talked about on the call. Maybe they were like, we'll just kick this can down the road till next year and see what happens. I don't know. But I definitely am excited about Nick Chubb. Um, and we got some more Browns bets for you guys, too, coming up later in the show. The Cavs schedule was released this week, Chris. They are getting 17 nationally televised games. The Cavs getting a lot of primetime love is blank. Uh, it's great. It's great. You know, I'm, I, I kind of come out two ways on this. Number one. Um, I hate when nationally they start to pick up on our team too early because I think that puts pressure on us. Um, but secondly, I also like our team, ironically enough, to be playing in these spots because just like Cade York, you want to have that pressure. You want to yeah. see whether when the lights come on, as Jared Allen had said, when the lights come on, they're not too bright for us, right? So give us all of those primetime games. Give us that opportunity to either put up or shut up. You know, last year it looks like we – what do we have? Nine nationally televised games yeah. this year that jumps up almost double. I mean, that tells you that nationally they're expecting a lot out of this team. And that's no surprise to anybody locally. We've been watching this team uh, get upset yes, or last year in New York. You know, that was a big disappointment for the season. But overall, I think we've got the pieces. Yeah. Right? We got the pieces. Everybody wants to see what this team is. And I hope. I hope it's not too much of a uh, a tryout for Darius Garland for any other markets, but uh, nonetheless, nonetheless, I do like to see our guys hitting the prime time. For sure. I think it's well-deserved. I mean, I get what happened last year, and there were so many people who were just down and out on the Cavs because of that first-round exit last year, yeah. but what Jared Allen said I believe is true for, uh, for those guys. The lights were literally yeah. too bright. The, I think Kobe Altman did a really good job this entire offseason of filling out some of the other key pieces of that roster. Come playoff time, I don't know. Maybe the same thing happens again until you finally figure out what to do with Jared Allen. I'm still not a believer there. I think 
maybe that's a deadline thing where you got to just dump the guy. But I definitely think 17 nationally televised games in the regular season is deserved because they went ahead and they put together a really nice showing last year in Donovan Mitchell's debut with the Cavs. Um, and now the roster is filled out. We'll get to see Max Struess shooting threes in prime time. The, the minivan George Niang will be out there. So oh, sh man. should be some fun in prime time for the Cavs. All right, next one. Blank should be the next player inducted into the Guardians Hall of Fame. Does it have to be a player? Because I'm going to go Tom Hamilton. Okay. Why not put Hammy in there? You know, these teams have come and gone for us. Players come and go. And he has been just, as everybody knows, he's a legend. He's a legend not only here, but also nationally. It's somebody that as soon as a huge play happens, everybody on social yep. media immediately, Runs immediately clamoring for where's the hammy call? Where's the hammy call? I mean, he transcends this organization. He transcends the games that he calls. He makes them bigger than what they are. Yep. I think Tom Hamilton deserves to get a look. Put him into our Hall of Fame. I agree. I agree. Definitely a big piece of Cleveland baseball history. I mean, when you a lot of people, when you think of Cleveland baseball, you think of Tom Hamilton. Um, the amount of years that he's been at it, the, memor the memorable moments that he's had um, throughout these different teams. You mentioned come and go, you know. Early on in my life, I remember, you know, like Jason Giambi Gian calls where yeah. the team really didn't have much of a, uh, a ch you know, real chance in the postseason to the actual historic, you know, postseason runs with Rajai Davis and, you know, the World Series and Lindor and the Grand Slam. So there is so many fun, hammy memories. I think that he's totally deserving. And we've seen it been done before with announcers going into the Hall of Fame or the rafters. I know the Cavs have the late great joe tate up there and yeah. their kind of banner type area and i totally think hammy fits the bill certainly in the game of baseball to kind of go down as a cleveland legend now you're not at this point in your life yet nick but once you have kids and you're doing things around the yeah. house and everything else tom hamilton has been my babysitter yeah. for years and years <laughs> what do you do you mow the lawn you put on hammy you're out there painting the deck which i still need to finish you're painting the deck you put on hammy you're driving the kids you're schlepping them off to football games to practices yep. to everything else you Hammy's throw on, on him yep. he's always there he is the guy all these other guys kind of come and go He's the guy. He's the guy. The sound of summer for Cleveland is Tom Hamilton, and that's why I'd love to see him in. Now, if not him, I'd say the next person, if we're actually going player, I'd say CeCe. Yeah, CeCe's I'm with you. And, and I think he was in town for the Manny Ramirez celebration, and I saw he was doing like a little youth camp type thing down here in Cleveland too. So CeCe was in town. Maybe maybe some of those conversations happening. But They're I greasing the skids it. to get that guy in. Because I, I think not only on the field, obviously, <laughs> what be. he's done with the Cy Young – but then also the fact that off the field, he, he's such a great story where he recognized, you know, the alcohol was getting in his way and he went through the classes. He transformed himself. He's become a better person. You know, to me, that plays. Yeah. Not only what you've done on the field, obviously, you've got to you got to qualify with what you do on the field. But then also you look at the guy off the field and you say, man, th this guy's this guy's really got things on the ball. He's a great story. When you see that plaque out there, you can go and say, hey. Let me tell you the story of CeCe Spathia. Yeah, that is true. It And it, it almost is like maybe they're greasing it up a little bit. I know he was inducted to the Cleveland Sports Hall of Fame, yeah. I believe, last year when he was like the, the literal like man of the hour at the Greater Cleveland Sports Commission award show that they do. So, yeah, uh, that would be a nice one, too. 
last one for you. Fill in the blank. Blank is the Browns' third running back. This isn't in the notes. We were just talking about it pre-show. Obviously, they have Nick Chubb. They have Jerome Ford. Bring this convo full circle. Wrap up with some Browns. Who's going to be the third Browns running back, Chris? Third Browns running back is not on the roster right now. Wow. I I think they're going to bring in somebody. I really do from the outside. I think that's a spot that they really want to have competition at. And I think that... You know, you get in the depth at the running back position. That starts to become more of a revolving door. Obviously, you got Nick Chubb at the top, so yeah. you've got a little bit of wiggle room as an organization to be able to play with that. Um, and I don't think it's going to be on the roster. I think it's going to be somebody that we pick up a little bit later on after final cuts are done. Yeah, and I, I mean, I think it is something that they want to figure out somewhat quickly, only because if you remember when that Jerome Ford injury initially happened, yeah. they said that he was doubtful for week one. Like that was looking like maybe around week three, we could expect Jerome Ford to kind of make his debut as that Browns running back too. So I understand that they want to shore up that spot. They've tried things this preseason with John Kelly. They've tried things with um, Jordan Wilkins, who Andrew Barry has a big crush on he took Wilkins when he was back with the Colts years ago did Andrew Barry I'm gonna go ahead and cast my vote I'm gonna keep pounding the table for my guy Demetric Felton Felton. I just think that he offers Deshaun Watson a safety valve which we need and it's the perfect compliment to Nick Chubb look at what um, Kareem Hunt's strong suit was and it was the ability to catch the ball out of the backfield and really cook in space Kareem I feel like in his entire Browns career was good running through the tackles but he was no Nick Chubb running between the tackles and I think that's the same thing with Demetric Felton look at how the Chiefs use Jarek McKinnon where you just swing him the ball get him the ball in space and let Felton use that speed I think having DTR in town is kind of interesting. I would like to keep Felton in town and just kind of ride those UCLA vibes a little bit because I think Demetric has shown enough throughout his last couple of years with the Browns to hold a spot this year and then really to take the opportunity when called upon. I just like that he's a little bit of a gadget guy and he could kind of do a little bit of everything. And I think Stefanski needs somebody like that in this offense. Yeah, and he's a hybrid. Like you said, he's a change-it-up type of yeah. guy, which is what you're going to want out of that type of a position. I just still feel, and I like him, and I like Felton. I think he could do well for us, but I just think that that's going to be the position we're going to do some tinkering with. Yeah, yeah, we'll see what happens. They've they've been known to do that, you know, kind of scour the waiver wire, and if somebody gets cut after the initial 53, you know, could poke around there, but I'm still going to keep power to the table for Demetric Felton because I have this vision of the Browns using Deshaun Watson and Demetric Felton the same way that Andy Reid used Patrick Mahomes and Jarek McKinnon, where he's just out there in space, just get him the ball. Amari Cooper's not open. Najoku's covered. Oh, there's Demetric. Just dump it off and let him get 13 yards right. on his feet. Jersey test. If he makes the team, you get in a jersey. Let's see how much he, you love him. If he comes on our show, All right. I'll get a Demetri Felton <laughs> jersey if he makes the team. Because that's that? the ultimate test of yeah. anybody, especially when they fall in love. And, and it, this really doesn't apply to Felton as much as some of these other marginal guys coming out of camp. It's like, you love that guy? 
go get his jersey. If he makes the team, you have to get his jersey. That is the rule. That tells me how much you really love it. How many people would be running around right now, Nick, with Josh Lentz jerseys in Cleveland yeah. from several years ago? That's where you're putting your money when your mouth is. Do you think we'll see any Austin Watkins Jr. jerseys? Maybe people flipping over that number 80 using that switch stitch to, to nice. put on Watkins Jr. on the 80? I don't know, but there's certainly going to be some DTR ones. Yeah, you know, and that's he's 17 team, is man. sharp too. I, I tell you what, he has shown out so far <laughs> in preseason. I know, Deshaun, you better play well. <laughs> you know how this town works. I'm not going to be imagine? calling for it. I understand. Three first round picks, 230 million dollars, fully guaranteed. But that dog pound when the beers are flowing, that Twitter machine when the beers are flowing at home, I guarantee there will be some DTR tweets if things start going the wrong way. So, Deshaun, you better play well. Week one, Joe Burrow <laughs> totally upstages us. What happens? It's all DTR all the time. I don't care if Cade misses like three <laughs> field goals. It's going to be all DTR talk 24-7 uh. in this town. He is electric, and we will talk some DTR because it is time to get you guys into our big play bets this week. All righty, you could bet with me. You could bet with Chris yes. every single week of the football season with Typico Sportsbook. It is the final week of NFL preseason. That means it is week zero for college football. Football is back. Download the Typico Sportsbook now. When you do, use promo code REFLOG. What that's going to get you is $150 of bets on us plus a $30 dog pound future bet. Every week from now until week one, every week on the show, we've been doing it. We've been boosting different futures for you guys to use this $30 bet credit on. We'll get into what we're boosting this week a little bit later on the show, but you're going to want to download it as soon as we're off air. Typical sportsbook, download it. When it asks you, you know, you're punching your information, that promo code is REFLOG. You'll get $150 bets on us and a $30 dog pound future. You got to be 21 years or older to gamble in Ohio. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. The big play boost of the week. Drum roll, please. This is my favorite one by far. One that I will be using my $30 dog pound future on. Probably a little bit more. Will Miles Garrett win Defensive Player of the Year? Why not? Yes. Why not? Let's go crazy. Let's go crazy. It's the preseason. Everybody's feeling kind of good right now outside the K-Dork situation. Certainly feeling good about the defense, about what Jim Schwartz has been doing, about the interior of that line. All the pieces that we've added there at defensive tackle should free him up. I think he could have a big season. We're talking about a huge season if, if he wins Defensive Player of the Year. Why the heck not? Let's just go for it. I think my biggest takeaway of the preseason thus far, sans Cade York, is that Joe Woods needs investigated. Maybe Joe <laughs> Woods was betting on these games last year because Jim Schwartz has that yeah. defensive line humming, and Miles Garrett hasn't even played a game yet. Zadaria Smith looks like the real deal, and really what we hoped Jadavion Clowney was going to be in his two kind of clunky years 
with the Browns. So I'm going to go with it as well. I'm going to take the boost on the Tipico app. I really think that this is the year Miles Garrett wins Defensive Player of the Year. Every wow. year it's really so close between him and TJ Watt. Every year it seems like something little goofy happens to Miles some midway through the year, whether it be injury, whether it be a car accident. But I think this is the year that Miles kind of gets the monkey off his back and wins Defensive Player of the Year. What are the odds on in the first regular season game, the first score for the Cleveland Browns will be a safety? A defense. Yeah, a defensive <laughs> score. A I, defensive I, score. I, it's it's got to be pretty good. I mean, they're, they're undefeated in the in the preseason, right? They got a no. safety. What? Or did they not get one in the Eagles game? No, they've gotten two, but okay. we've lost. Yeah, we've lost one game, right? Yeah, yeah, but I meant undefeated getting a safety in every game. Oh, Have they undefeated got a safety? getting a safety in every game. <laughs> <laughs> I know yeah. of two. Yeah, so I, I, I totally think that this is the year that Miles kind of wreaks some havoc. Um, if you were to just regular bet it, it's 8-1. to one. So we'll see what Tipico does with our boost. By the time the show is live this evening, it will be up on the Tipico Sportsbook app. Uh, and that'll be a really nice return if you throw 50 on Miles to win Defensive Player of the Year. I think the key thing to track there is the, is the sacks. They kind of just give it to the sack leader every year. So unless TJ Watt gets in his way, maybe Micah Parsons, I really see a clear path for, for 95 to win it. All right, let's go and look at Browns versus Chiefs on Saturday. This one is at Arrowhead. It's been a lot of fun doing our anytime touchdown scores, Chris. And I know you've been going on the Elijah Moore train, Elijah Moore train. Right. Kevin Stefanski gave us a glimmer of hope yeah. for the Elijah Moore anytime touchdown score ahead of week one. The starters will play between 20, 25 plays on each side of the ball for this preseason game. So that means it'll, it could be more than one drive if it's a quick drive. Chris, are you doubling down? Are you going Elijah Moore anytime touchdown score in preseason, the final preseason finale? Kind of the we hear it used all the time. The dress rehearsal is what they call this game. Do we get a true look at the Elijah Moore anytime touchdown score? I can't jump off now. You gotta go <laughs> Elijah Moore. I wanna see that anytime touchdown. Let's go. I will say the dark horse once again, Anthony Schwartz, because we continue to try and do whatever we can to get that guy some action and have him work out. I don't know what kind of pictures he's got of Stefanski, of anybody in the front office, but nobody, nobody on this team has been given more opportunities to make a play than Anthony Schwartz. So I wouldn't be surprised if he picks up an intertime touchdown, a 50 yards receiving, any of the above, maybe 50 yards rushing, oh, no. maybe a kick return, punt return, maybe he kicks a field goal. They want to see if he can work as a, a towel boy at this point. I mean, they're open to anything, so I could see that, but yeah, give me Elijah Moore. He's going to score an anytime touchdown. I like it, and I am actually going to bet that with you this week. I've been so skeptical because, man, Stefanski sometimes, he is very conservative about how much these dudes play in the preseason. But I think because he said so early in the week, literally coming out Sunday, saying that our starters are going to play, I believe him when he says that. So I like Elijah Moore anytime touchdown score. But I think if you want to have a little bit of fun, it's the last week of the preseason. Guys are battling for jobs. We talked about him a little bit before. Austin Watkins Jr. Yeah. Has, ha has been the story, really, in the receiving room of the preseason. And now it's kind of can he beat out David Bell? Can he beat out Jakeem Grant to be that last receiver that sneaks his way onto the roster there's been a lot of chatter of it online. I think if he scores a touchdown in this game, he has a good opportunity. 
I think it's going to be hard for him to make this roster, Chris. I know a lot of people think it's a foregone conclusion that he's on there, but Barry holds on to those draft picks like diamonds. And I think uh, David Bell just being a third-round pick, they're not going to want to risk sliding him through waivers. But here's the thing with Austin Watkins. You can't put him on waivers. Somebody no. will scoop, scoop him up for sure. That's not a practice squad candidate by any means. So I don't know what happens after this, but I think if Austin Watkins Jr. catches a touchdown in this game, then there is a chance. All right, let's go with this last bet for Saturday. Will Cade York miss a field goal or point after attempt? Don't put that evil on me. Come on. He's got to be perfect. He's, He's got to be, be perfect. Yes, yes. Come on. We've got to have all good mojo in here. Cade York, he ain't missing anything. He's going to be money from 60 yards. He's going to be money from 10 yards. He's going to be money on extra points. Book it. Little side bet. Will any Browns player, how could we get this up on Tipico? They would never. Please, just, just this one time. Will any player post on social media at halftime? <laughs> I'm going to say no. I think Stefanski hopefully got those boys right and taught them a lesson. Um, all right, let's go Wednesday. Kind of go rapid fire through these bets. Yeah. Guardians versus Dodgers Wednesday. It'll be Gavin Williams versus Clayton Kershaw. That's a big matchup. But our bet here is, will Ahmed Rosario get a hit in this game? Come on. Good mojo. Ahmed Rosario, let's go. He's going to get a hit. He's going to get a hit. He's more than a glove. Let's go. Ahmed is hitting 237 with three home runs and 12 RBI in his 19 games with the Dodgers this year. I'm going to say, yeah, he's going to do it. Probably against his old, old buddy, Gavin yep. Williams. Let's go to Friday. This one is on ESPN+. Plus. Guardians at Blue Jays. I I've seen a game at Rogers Center out there in Toronto. Yeah. It is the weirdest place, hands down, to catch a game. It's like if you were watching a game inside of a tomato soup can that's turned upside down. It is so weird. Like Vladdy was hitting home runs, and I I was losing it in the ceiling. I'm like, did they, is that foul? Did that get out? Like I, so as just a spectator, I had really no idea what was going on. It's going to be Tanner Bybee versus Chris Bassett. Uh, who's a who's a good starter for Toronto? Uh, what do we think in here? Build a same game parlay. Obviously, Guardians money line. Do we ride with Bybee? He's been kind of hot. Yeah. You take the the strikeout over on Tanner. Yeah, and I, it's going to be interesting to me to see how he begins this game because that's kind of been his sticking point. Yeah. So maybe we look at the first couple of innings. Maybe okay. he doesn't give up a run. We do something at exotic, something we haven't done before. Yeah, like a here. first five innings bet. You know, yeah. we could do like Guardians just to win first five innings and Bybee to – yeah, we could totally do something early on in the game. I like Especially that, that way our feeble bullpen doesn't get in the way of things come, come late, in, late in starts. That's right. We don't leave it up to our bullpen. Just, yeah, yeah, I think that's a good move. I, I feel like, Chris, move. this is a record low for Gardo's talk for us on this program. Yeah, not much at all. It goes, a couple of bets. goes to show you, man. Hey, we did talk Manny being Manny, Manny a little bit. Congratulations on the Hall of Fame to Manny Ramirez. Such a huge part of, like, my late childhood into high school years, that 95 team, the 90s overall. I mean, what he did here, went on to Boston, what he did over there. It was kind of cool, too, bringing it full circle to see him talk about Tito. 
Yeah. Because he, he mentioned him in, in that beginning, and it's like, oh, yeah, I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that, that does kind of come full circle. But it was great to see him running into the outfield, coming in from the wall like he was coming out of the bullpen for that whole ceremony. Uh, really touching. And then also the fact that all of our fans booed the Dolans. That was also quite quite interesting. Made kind of national headlines. Yeah, out there. How, about, how about New York Post insider yeah. Chris McNeil is kind of how I should have kicked this show off. Yes, that's right. I haven't seen a dime yet, either from Elon or from the New York Post. Hey, <laughs> my matter. Elon check just hit. Yeah, look at you. 146 bucks, baby. Look out. He's going to be off the show next week on vacation, <laughs> spending those 146 I'm gonna, I'm gonna soft-earned be, dollars. Yep, I'm going to be on the beach with my Elon bucks. <laughs> Elon bucks. I can't wait to get mine. I can't <laughs> wait to see what it's going to look like. I feel like it's a mystery because I've seen accounts way bigger than mine get way less, and I've seen accounts smaller than mine get more. So, I What's feel the most like, you've seen out there? I, I think the most that I saw was that goofy ml football account that oh, kind of just regurgitates news i saw he posted last night he got like seven thousand dollars i'm like that is that the sauce we got to just start a That's big pl big play football and it literally just copies and pastes Schefter's tweets with a shocking image and try to drum up the retweets and the likes that way i don't know maybe that's the our big plays next venture wow that's depressing yeah well, I, I see i guess i haven't seen my money yet so <laughs> Maybe that just sets the bar. I'm looking forward to this. Elon, you owe me money. Elon, <laughs> he's coming for rent's due, baby. That's Rent right. is due. All right. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of the Reflog Show. We will be back next week to do it all again, even once those Elon bucks clear through my yeah. PNC account. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, and we will see you next week. Peace. It's time. Streaming live from Cleveland, Ohio. Presenting the undefeated, undisputed heavyweight podcast of the world, The Big Play. Reflog!